Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like expanding capacity for sustainable aviation fuel and biodiesel in Washington state and bringing massive new infrastructure online in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. I'm Kara Swisher, and you're listening to Sway, and to my scratchy voice. Apologies, but this is what happens when your kid starts preschool. My guest today is Beto O'Rourke, or Beto as he's best known. He's rumored to be running for governor of Texas soon. So I wanted to ask him about that. But first, I needed to talk to him about what he's been up to in an even more urgent battle, the fight against Republican efforts to restrict voting rights in the state. I started with some really good people, an organization called Powered by People, which essentially helps to register eligible Texans to vote. There are millions of eligible Texans who, given our Byzantine, archaic, and very suppressive voter registration system, never have a say. And so we've registered now a little over 200,000 Texans over the last year year and a half. And we've done a lot of other pro-democracy work, uh, you know, organizing around voting rights and trying to stop voter suppression legislation in the state house and advance voter protection legislation like the For the People Act in the United States Congress. And then along the way, just just trying to be helpful. So um, we've seen it play out in Georgia. Are you trying to be in Texas what Stacey Abrams has been in Georgia? Are you using her playbook? Yeah, I mean, there's so much to learn from Stacey Abrams. And one of the fundamental lessons I take from her is that she and the New Georgia Project and and other grassroots leaders in that state have not tried to convince Georgians so much to vote for Democrats versus Republicans, but to to vote at all. With the decades or or really centuries-long history of voter suppression, especially against Black voters in Georgia, that's a huge leap of faith on someone's part to be involved in a political process from which they've been denied and in which their voting power has been diminished for, frankly, as long as African-Americans have been able to vote in the state of Georgia. And I think that's a real task for us in Texas. You know, we're we're drawn that way, literally. The, The gerrymandered districts, the 750 polling place closures, the voter ID laws, the the one ballot drop-off box per county, including in Harris County that has more people than the entire state of Nevada. So I I think what she has shown me, and I think so many of us in, in this country, is that more than fighting for Democrats, fighting for democracy is essential to having competitive elections in which Democrats can contest the status quo and have a chance at winning. But the Texas Democrats and the State House fled the state to block the Texas vote to install some of the strictest voting laws in the country. Um, you raised more than $700,000 to help them leave for D.C. Some pundits called it a stunt. I don't call it that necessarily, but was it really a useful exercise? Because all it did was punt and give Abbott a reason to point fingers at the Capitol. What I thought was so powerful about what those Texas Democratic legislators did is not only did they deny a quorum so that they couldn't be steamrolled, and by extension, all of us steamrolled in one of the most 
anti-democratic moves in, in Texas history, but they took the fight to the one place, Kara, that I think it can actually be won, which is the United States Capitol. And they met with those, including Senator Manchin and, and Senator Schumer and Vice President Kamala Harris, who really have the power in their hands to make sure that every eligible voter in this country has no barrier to the ballot box. And I think, and you know, I can't prove this, but I think they made a meaningful difference in getting to the compromise that has been introduced by Senator Klobuchar and is supported by Senator Manchin, and I think has a shot at passing. I also hope, dearly hope, that President Biden will become much more engaged in this fight. I mean, the last big voting rights fight was 1965, and it took every ounce of muscle that President Lyndon Baines Johnson had to get that over the line. And it took millions of Americans pushing him and forcing him, most notably John Lewis, to do so. We're in that kind of moment right now. Yeah, but how can Democrats in Texas beat Republicans if they can't hold it together in that regard? Because some of them thought this was a waste of time. I don't think it was in any way a waste of time. It galvanized not just the state of Texas, but the country. You know, was John Lewis crossing the Edmund Pettus Bridge a stunt? Was Martin Luther King Jr. organizing in Birmingham, Alabama a stunt? I don't know if those were stunts or not, but they were damn effective in terms of getting passage of the Civil Rights Act in 64, the Voting Rights Act in 65. Who are you with, the Democrats who came back or the ones who stayed? I'm with all of them. Uh, you know, they, they, <laughs> that's, a, that's a Beto answer, Beto. <laughs> as a matter of conscience, more than 50 of them left the state and, and all 50 plus stayed for the duration of that special session out of Texas to deny that quorum. And the fight's not over. They're now in a special session on redistricting. And so there's there's still a lot of fight in them, and there's still a lot of work ahead. Okay, speaking of fight, what's the connection to what's happening in voting rights and what's playing out with abortion rights in Texas? Uh, Senate Bill 8, which the Supreme Court declined to block, now effectively bans abortions as early as six weeks. Uh, I think it's crazy. Kara, it is crazy. And, and what you are seeing is the logical conclusion of today's Republican Party right here in the state of Texas. The voter suppression bill we talked about is predicated on the big lie trafficked by not only former President Trump, but by current U.S. Senator Ted Cruz. And it's much the same case with abortion, this incredibly unconstitutional effort to control women. It, it's not about life. It's not about children. It's not about kids. It's, it's about women, and it's about controlling women and suppressing their ability to make their own choices in their own lives. And it's the most perverse irony in the world that Mexico, which so often conveniently politically serves as a boogeyman for Texas, is now decriminalizing abortion and moving in one direction, and Texas is moving in the other. When you add that to the permitless carry bill that became law that is allowing any Texan to carry in public without a background check, despite the thousands of licenses to carry a firearm that have been denied by law enforcement in the past, the anti-mask mandate that is killing kids in Texas. We lead the country in childhood deaths related to COVID. The power failure that killed 700 people in February in the power center of North America right here in Texas. This, this is the, the logical result of Republican control of state government in Texas. It's chaotic, it's inspiring vigilantism, and it is awful for the people of this state. But they're all happening in Texas all at the same time. How do you do anything about it? What exactly are you doing? You know, ultimately, this is about political power, right? If you 
look at what SB1, the voter suppression bill in Texas, is trying to do. It's, it's trying to stop certain people in certain counties from certain demographics from voting so that those in power today can retain that power. If you look at SB8, the six-week abortion bill with a $10,000 bounty on the head of anyone who tries to help a woman access constitutional, otherwise legal healthcare, it's it's about controlling a, a power play against the women of Texas. Our response, not mine, our response in Texas has to be about regaining that power And the best place to do it in what is purportedly the world's greatest democracy is at the ballot box. All right. Well, that obviously begs the question, will you challenge Greg Abbott for governor in 2022? It's something I'm thinking about and, you know, no no secret about that. And I'm just trying to ensure that whatever I do going forward is to the benefit of the greatest number of my fellow Texans. And so I'm listening to them, trying to make the best decision in the interests of this state. What does thinking about it mean? I'm not a political reporter, so I can't play games with you here and being coy and what it is. It's exhausting to me, that kind of thing. I really want to make sure that whatever we do is about the people of Texas. And the only way to ensure that ends up being the case is to listen to the people of Texas. So I'm on the phones. um, I'm I'm going out to meet with people. uh, I'm trying to understand where they are, what will do the greatest good, and then trying to take action based on what I hear. So what are you listening for? You box out other people because of your name recognition. What's getting the way of you picking a lane? Oh, there, there's no there's there's no question about picking a lane or there's nothing about being coy. Kara, one, one of the things that I have spent almost all my time on outside of family over this last year is the right to vote. And, and I told people, and I told the state of Texas, I am focused on voting rights, on doing my level best to stop SB1 and every iteration of it, and everything I can do to help pressure President Biden and the Senate Democratic majority to pass voting rights legislation. If I try to play games and be coy and do that and and prepare a race or run for governor, I'll do neither very well. And so that's that's just the way I'm I'm wired. If if I'm gonna do something, I'm gonna give it my all. And I've I've given that fight for voting rights my all. And now that we're at a point where the Senate is about to vote on that piece of legislation introduced by Senator Klobuchar and written in part by Senator Manchin, as we unfortunately have seen SB1 signed into law in Texas, it's now time for me to think about what it is that I can do next. And no secret that one of the things that I'm thinking through very seriously is a potential run for governor. Governor, what about senator against Ted Cruz? The, the fight in front of us right now is the one that we're talking about today. And given the the deep damage and chaos and incompetence that is connected to Greg Abbott from the winter freeze, the abortion ban, the permitless carry, the anti-mask mandate, the the terrible toll that COVID has taken on the state and where it has decimated populations along the border, like in my hometown of El Paso, this is what we need to be focused on right now. Winning the governorship. That's right. That's right. Making sure that Texas comes through at this moment. To think about a race in, in 2024, I think that's coy. I just want to do what's right. More with Beto O'Rourke after the break. This podcast is supported by LinkedIn. An incredibly deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. 
That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. With LinkedIn ads, you'll be able to target over 70 million decision makers all in one place. No deep voice required. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash marketer to claim your credit. Terms and conditions apply. I use the New York Times Games app every single day. I love playing Connections. With Connections, I need to twist my brain to see the different categories. I think I know this connection. Look, Bath is a city in England. Sandwich is a city in England. Reading is a city in England. And I'm going to guess Derby is a city in England. I started Wordle 194 days ago, and I haven't missed a day. The New York Times Games app has all the games right there. I absolutely love Spelling Bee. I always have to get genius. I've seen you yell at it and say, that (laughs) should be a word. Totally should be a word. Sudoku is kind of my version of lifting heavy weights at the gym. At this point, I'm probably more consistent with doing the crossword than brushing my teeth. When I can finish a hard puzzle without pins, I feel like the smartest person in the world. When I have to look up a clue to help me, I'm learning something new. It gives me joy every single day. Start playing in the New York Times Games app. You can download it at nytimes.com slash games app. What do you think of Matthew McConaughey's potential run? I'm talking to him next week. Yeah, you know, I don't know anything about his potential run other than what I've read. But let me say this about him. You know, when we lost all those people in our community in August of 2019, one of the people who came down to El Paso to try to help and raised resources to you know, make sure that families were okay and just brought some of his celebrity and star power to a city that is so often forgotten was Matthew McConaughey and his wife. During the winter freeze, that guy rounded up all the other stars and celebrities he knew and put on a great show and raised a bunch of money for people who were really struggling. So I don't know what he is going to do next. Uh, I'm a fan of his and I've been so impressed by how he's used his celebrity and star power to help others. Are you surprised by recent polls, such as the Dallas Morning News and and University of Texas at Tyler, had McConaughey would beat Abbott 44 to 35 percent? You would lose to Abbott at this moment at the same time. Were you surprised by his numbers? No, he's an incredibly, if you're talking about McConaughey, he's a really popular figure whose political views have not in any way been fixed. I, I don't know for example, who he voted for in the most consequential election since 1864 in this country. I don't know how he feels about any of the issues that we've brought up. I'm looking forward to listening to your interview. Um, so I think that might explain part of it. And he's a good guy who's done some good work in this state. And he's he's a great actor on top of all that. So no surprise there. What is your, if you do run for governor against Abbott, what would be your strategy to beat him? This is what I've learned from the campaigns I've run going back to city council and U.S. Congress and and even the the 2018 campaign, though I did not beat Cruz, you know, highest rate of voter turnout in the midterm since 1970, picked up 12 state House seats, 17 African-American women, won judicial positions in Harris County. That was not because of me. And I don't want to offend anybody, but that wasn't because of the Democratic Party. That had a lot to do with the number of people who were engaged, picked up a clipboard, knocked on doors, you know, found their calling in taking action together. That's what was so special and magical about that Senate race. And and I think that's what's possible in this state going forward. And of course, there have been predictions about Texas shifting for a while, turning purple, even blue in the future. What will it take to get there? Or are you going to remain probably the most important polarized 
stalemate in the country. So if the great sin being committed right now in real time by Republicans is the effort to disenfranchise black and brown voters, the great sin committed by Democrats is to take those very same voters for granted. And just to assume because you're black or brown, because you live on the U.S.-Mexico border, you're ours. And I don't need to listen to you. I can just put you in the bank and go work on that mythical moderate voter in the suburbs or whatever. It's a false choice. Everyone has to be important or you can not count on the votes of anyone. It will not be a function of demographics. As Texas becomes more of a majority minority state, then Democrats are just going to win because people of color vote for Democrats. That's pure bullshit. Democrats are going to win when they provide a compelling message connected to the voters who will decide the outcomes of these elections in person after they have first listened to them to find out what's most important to them in their lives. Those are the kinds of campaigns that we need to run if we're going to win. Look at what happened in South Texas in 2020, where Joe Biden performed far more poorly than did Hillary Clinton or I. And it had a lot to do with Democrats far too often talking to Hispanic or Latino voters on the border as though they're somehow apart from the rest of the state and talking to them in the language of victimhood or grievance or this bad shit that is coming down on you and aren't you angry and aren't you with us? Instead of talking about the aspirational things that matter most to us, am I going to be able to hang on to my job? Can I find a better one? Could I afford to buy this boat or send my kid to college? And honestly, I think Republicans who campaigned in person while Democrats chose to campaign remotely in the pandemic had a really compelling message, as did Donald Trump, even though it was predicated on a false choice of you can have your job or you can have public health. I'm going to focus on your job. And from listening to folks in South Texas and along the border, that really resonated. And so we've got to be there and campaign on So Democrats can't win statewide in Texas without winning more rural voters, what you're saying. Rural Texas saved Ted Cruz. Rural Texas saved Donald Trump. What has to be done different next time? Focus on them as real people rather than just Donald Trump is scary, Ted Cruz is scary? Absolutely. You know, far too often I hear Democrats preaching at or talking down to or altogether dismissing whole parts of this country and this state in a part of this country and this state that is in many ways hardest hit by COVID, for example. Look at those rural counties along the border or in the panhandle of Texas. Look at where public hospitals are closing at a frightening rate. They're in rural communities. Look how much school districts are struggling to retain teachers and talent in those communities as the jobs dry up. So how are you going to find that job, apply to that college I don't have the answers to that, but I know that the people who live in these rural counties do. No one has a greater vested interest in the outcome. So if they are not at the table and if they are not leading the conversation and defining the solution, I don't blame them for not voting for or listening to Democrats. Right. I have last question about COVID response. Governor Abbott recently tested positive for COVID, which is kind of ironic given his blasé attitude toward the pandemic. But the Delta variant is hitting a lot of people. Can you give us an idea of how it's playing out in Texas right now? It's it's really bad. And I'll tell you, I mentioned I'm in El Paso, Texas right now. And the hits started coming when the governor began relaxing the public health mandates that were protecting lives in this community. So many people died so quickly that we set up not one, but 10 
mobile morgues. We had to use inmates to transfer the bodies. And when there weren't enough inmates, we had to call in the guard to do that work. And El Paso, unfortunately, was not the outlier. Look at these other predominantly Mexican-American border communities. Texas now leads the country in childhood deaths related to COVID. And as that's happening, the governor issues an anti-mask mandate preventing local school districts from requiring their students to wear a mask. But the people of Texas, and I'm not talking Democrats, have stood up against this. Paris, Texas, which is in Lamar County, which voted for Trump 78 percent in the 2020 election, just adopted a mask requirement in contravention of the governor's orders because they could give a shit about the politics of this. They want to save the lives of those kids as they begin to see kids going to the hospitals and unfortunately even dying. So this is really bad. How does Texas get this under control? You need leadership that prioritizes public health, that will follow the science. And then you need people in local communities to take matters into their own hands, as the Paris Independent School District and El Paso Independent School District and more than 100 other independent school districts have done. Those are the real heroes of this moment. That's the profile and courage. They're doing what they were elected to do in that position of public trust. That's the example for us to follow. All right, last question. I recently spoke with Missouri Congresswoman Cori Bush, and she said we need powerful table flippers the way Trump flipped tables. She gave him a kind of compliment, a backwards compliment. She said Biden wasn't one, for example. How do you think of yourself? Are you a table flipper? You know, I, I think of myself as someone who is strongest and most effective when I'm working with people. And to Congresswoman Bush's example, when we're not obsessed with polls or focus groups or messaging, but we're just speaking the truth, whether it's inconvenient or uncomfortable, it is always powerful and it is always the strongest, most profound way to connect with people. And I think that's the way to build sustained political power that works in the common good. Um, When is the decision about governor going to be made specifically? I don't know, in, in the near future, in the near future. Like a week, a month, a day? Uh, it won't be in a week, but it'll be sometime in the near future. Okay. Better O'Rourke, thank you so much for talking to us. Thank you. By the way, this conversation was recorded at the 2021 Texas Tribune Festival. It's a virtual experience, which I really enjoyed participating in last week. You can learn more at tribfest.org. Sway is a production of New York Times Opinion. It's produced by Naima Raza, Blakeney Chick, Matt Kwong, Daphne Chen, and Caitlin O'Keefe. Edited by Naima Raza. With original music by Isaac Jones, mixing by Sonia Herrero and Carol Sabaro, and fact-checking by Kate Sinclair. Special thanks to Shannon Busta, Kristen Lynn, and Lyra Liga. If you're in a podcast app already, you know how to get your podcasts. So follow this one. If you're listening on the Times website and want to get each new episode of Sway delivered to you by a band of Texas Democrats fleeing the state, download any podcast app, then search for Sway and follow the show. We release every Monday and Thursday. Thanks for listening. At Capella University, you'll get support from people who care about your success. From before you enroll to after you graduate, pursue your goals knowing help is available when you need it. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu.